0: I know by Carol Royce, Keller Williams Realty, East Valley. Get more money selling your home. Go to higherprice.com. That's
1: higherprice.com. Mm-hmm. on social studies. Oh, not yet, not yet. So I flipped Not, up my not yet, yeah. Jarrett, do you see the look that Vinny is casting at us now? Vinny Joe hoodie. Yeah. Wow. Oh, I didn't see. You didn't even notice that? Wow. I don't I know, know what he's getting studies. at. Oh, it's, it's a cold
0: thing. It got a little chilly in here, yeah. But <laughs> Changing up the vibe, you know. <laughs> I like coffee.
2: You do yeah, got a I like Be- Belichick vibe. Yeah. Thanks. Except <laughs> your shirt, your sweatshirt doesn't have holes in it.
3: <laughs> it is time for social studies. Zach Larson is here to take us through it. Zach, what do you got for us? All right, well, let's start off talking about the Seattle Seahawks. Going into this season, kind of the underdogs after trading Russell Wilson. It was kind of going into this year, not expecting much out of them. So far through eight weeks, they are atop the NFC West with a 5-3 and three record and have been that Cinderella story of the NFL. So, we asked the Cardinals fans ahead of this week's matchup against the Seahawks, fill in the blank. If the Seahawks are a Cinderella story, the Cardinals are a blank story. Ooh. Frustrating. Old story. Yeah. Old yeller? <laughs>
0: <laughs> to right, ruin the, ruin the ending for anybody who has yeah, seen yeah, right. not, <laughs> really. yeah, no, I... <laughs> I don't know. It's Friday. It's 9 o'clock. I'm not feeling especially creative
1: right now. <laughs> in other words, Zach, that would be your cue to All go right. to
3: listener <laughs> Yeah, response. read some well, of you. Well, yeah, we got a couple of good ones. I've seen a lot of horrific horror stories. Uh, Call of Duty story uh, in homage ma- to Kyler Murray. Uh, Desert Mirage. Caddyshack 2 story. Oh, that's rough. This is a good one from Jordan. It's a
2: Cinderella story, but it's before the fairy godmother got there. (laughs) Just when she's
3: miserable. Scrubbing floors. Pancake Rodeo also goes with the Cardinals are also a Cinderella story, but in this case, it's because they both have problems with the clock running out.
0: Ah, Oh, that's very clever. I like Andy's... shot at the Cardinals he says it's a water boy story wait never mind even the mud dogs got new uniforms before the Cardinals <laughs> <laughs> and
2: they got new uniforms this year kind of no they didn't they got a new helmet. well a new helmet that's part of the uniform no it's not a it's a helmet it's not a uniform Stephen King's story and Andy, Andy Isabella's story I don't know what that means but it <laughs> doesn't sound good the Titanic story ah here's a good one Titanic is a good one here you go this is the winner It's the same
3: old story.
1: That's a good one. From From John. John. Very good one. Well done,
3: John. All right, so now looking to our next question, sticking with the Cardinals and Seahawks. We've talked about it all morning, all week pretty much, that this game for the Arizona Cardinals is a must-win game. So, we have another fill-in-the-blank question. Arizona will defeat the Seahawks on Sunday if blank. I think it's something we hit on earlier, Bick. I think if
0: whomever the running backs are that are going to see action, we just still don't know about James Conner if he returns. But if it's Conner, if it's Benjamin, if it's Keontae Ingram, the Cardinals
1: running game generated with running backs has to outgain Kenneth Walker and the Seahawks. Yeah, I would say that's definitely a key. Um, I'm going to go uh, to add on that. If, the turno- if they win the turnover battle by two or more... <laughs> What I said last week. They did not do that. <laughs> and they lost the game.
3: Well, our audience, uh, pre- pretty vile here with uh, Cliff Kingsbury. They- they're going, if. Cliff calls in sick, or Cliff just doesn't show up. Uh, pretty pretty brutal. Uh, Ray says if Seattle forfeits the game. Uh, so a lot of a lot of pessimistic people here in the uh, replies. But it's not just us. It's not. It's not. Uh, but daylight film says if they get their plays in on time, practice good cl- uh, good clock management, and step up the offensive output versus the last time they met. So I'll cut. a little uh, optimism there.
0: Kyler's study buddy says uh, they'll win if the Cardinals have more rushing attempts than screen passes. <laughs> of course, we got the requisite if they score more points. The joke never gets old,
3: or does it? Uh, it does. No, <laughs> trust me, it does. So, Yeah. Chef also says he quote tweeted his last tweet from the previous one on October 14th before that matchup where he says if Gino doesn't show up, he says the same thing I said last time. So now moving on to the NBA, the Brooklyn Nets and obviously Kyrie Irving uh, pretty much in the headlines all throughout this week. Uh, Kyrie getting a five, at least a five game suspension without pay uh, due to unequivocally saying he has no anti-Semitic beliefs after posting a link to a movie featuring anti-Semitism. So including with the Kevin Durant offseason drama where there's speculation of maybe him landing with the Suns or a different team being traded away. We now go to our question here today, which is what is the most likely scenario this season? Is it Kyrie and Kevin Durant finish with the Nets? Kyrie gets traded? Only Kyrie gets traded. Only Durant gets traded. Or both of them get traded? Ooh, that's a lot of possibilities.
0: I'm gonna. My leaning right now is toward the second
1: option. I, I, I can't even say that though. Who's gonna trade for Kyrie now? I don't know. I I think eventually the Lakers might. So I'm gonna I'm gonna vote I'm gonna vote for Kyrie. Yeah, uh, we'll, we'll we'll put our vote there. Okay. Well,
3: our audience is going heavily fifty percent going with they will both be traded wow. out of Brooklyn. say Durant gets traded, 15% say Kyrie, and 12% say that both of them will finish this season with the Brooklyn Nets. That would be amazing if they both finish. They could blow that whole thing up. Oh yeah, they could. Yeah, no, you're absolutely right. And then finally... We talked about it this morning. You guys commented and complimented me on my broadcasting voice, uh, which I greatly appreciate. So we go to our question, which is, who has the best speaking voice of all time? Zach Larson, Marcus. Second. I'm. Second. I'm offended. Yeah, I'm offended. Nobody put Zach Larson in the replies, so um, I'm, I'll give a pass this time.
1: I love this. I love this question. Uh, Sean Connery would be come to Sean mind. Connery. Morgan Freeman, James Earl Jones. Those yep. got a lot of play. Who would you say, Jarrett? Oh, I. I so
0: I. I went when I went through. I was also surprised. Nobody. Was there any female voices that were picked? I mean, serious ones. Like, yeah, I don't think
2: so. You're a right.
0: Voice I always love. Demi Moore, great speaking voice. That smoky, raspy voice. Yeah, fantastic. Fran Drescher, get any votes? Yes, actually, oh,
3: several really? people <laughs> said Fran Drescher. Yeah, B. Arthur. Uh, Vince Scully got oh, that's some good praise one. here. Uh, Dan Bickley, you got one in there. Did as I well. really? Yes, Whoa. you did. Yeah. yeah. Um, hi, mean, Keith, I mean, Keith, Keith Morrison got a couple I of like this. This is one I,
2: I agree with, might be my vote. Is Sam Elliott. Ooh. well, uh, it's great to be here. That is the worst Sam. Okay, Elliott well, I know. <laughs> sometimes eat the bar. Okay, I
3: don't know. I can't do it. That's why he has a great voice and not me. Al McCoy got a lot of uh, play on this. There's a couple people that one did Frank Caliendo and Seth McFarlane, but I don't know if they're they're known for more of the for different doing other voices, right? Rights, right. Yeah. So I don't know if you can really count them as having the greatest. voice. Actually, you know what? Ref Robbie might win this whole thing. John Facenda,
1: NFL. Oh, film. there you oh, go.
2: Oh, yeah, yeah. Oh, the Autumn Wind a is a pirate. Some people had Robert Goulet. Jared, how
1: does Zach Larson sound again?
2: Yeah, yeah. Well, I can't do it. I, I, now Sorry, I've got all these other voices in my head. Not. Well, well, hello, this is Zach Larson here. <laughs> with the latest. <laughs> It is not. It is. It's not exactly it's like, your normal. You get the full my, treatment, dude. Yeah,
0: it is. At nine thirty, we should just have Jarrett do the update as Zach and see if anybody knows <laughs> this. because that's so dead well, on.
2: It's you know the afternoon. <laughs> have to turn my mic way down if I want to do the afternoon guy's voice. <laughs> Eric Ruby, or
0: Big Booty Ruby, there with the uh, what? What do you call him? He's got a nickname I'll, for everybody on the staff, apparently. What does he call us behind our backs? Oh, but, I'm, I'm sure he's got a name
2: for me. I wouldn't call you any, anything behind your back that I wouldn't call you to your face. Well, yep, right, and finally,
1: it.
3: how about a uh, Mock My World update? Yeah, I think this, yeah, this I calls think we for need an to update. Oh, no. All right, so it was the controversial controversial sports figures. And leading the way with Pete Rose, Lance Armstrong, Colin Kaepernick, and Michael Vick is Vince Murata with 49% of the vote. Uh, 49%? The, the, the drought is over. Oh, come on. New Absolute domination. A third round Kaepernick. That pick was the winner the
2: because top. Yeah, that's a good one. All almost all of our other picks were controversial in a way that people don't only don't like the person or they did something wrong. Kaepernick it's 50-50 whether you agree or disagree, which I guess is the definition the of controversial.
0: Yeah. Yeah, so I, I, man, that's my best total in a while. Uh, Sarah had 19% with an hour left to go. Bick, you had 16 Jared, just, just under 15%. Wow. Yeah, last and I thought, again, Sarah. we all had great teams for the second straight week, but the voting did not bear that out. Thank you, Zach, That's Social Studies. We do it every morning at 9 o'clock on uh, Twitter, at Bickley underscore Murata. Coming up next, we determined early in the show that Zach is uh, 21 years of age. Something else turns 21 today. Unfortunately, it's our local championship drought. (laughs) We'll get into that next. Bickley Murata mornings here on Arizona Sports, the local sports leader.
1: Game 7 of the World Series. Bases loaded. The are world
0: champions. Yeah, if you want to take uh, the Diamondbacks Lone World Championship out for a drink today, you can do it legally. Power hour coming up today. <laughs> November 4th, 2001. Yeah. 21 years ago How about today. That? And it's been bupkis for major championships ever since.
1: Isn't that amazing? Yeah. So if if you had a child that was born the day of our last major professional championship, that person is now old enough to drink. Congratulations. Yeah, congratulations. Boy, how
2: annoying would that have been? You had to be in the hospital. They missed the champion, the one championship. Oh. If you're you're assuming
0: they're Diamondbacks fans,
1: that's fair. <laughs> yeah, no. Listen, and, and in light of watching the World Series, it's like we're all. Here's one of my takeaways. So we're all we're all kind of all vibing on this new future for the Diamondbacks. Uh-huh. And before Jordan Lawler got hurt, he was tearing it up in the fall league. Then you see a team like the Phillies in their lineup, and you go, "Man, the Diamondbacks are a long way till they even be that team." and that Phillies team is still a long way t- until they're the very top of the league. True. At least but that's the way I see it. It's, in general, if you look
2: at the the lo- I mean the Coyotes and the Diamondbacks both have young talent, but are multiple years away mm. from even dreaming. You know that they're going to be a championship team. Is
1: more than the Diamondbacks, the Diamondbacks are closer. But I think your point, but within is essentially correct, not within like they can go into the next season and think they're going to win us no a championship. But
0: I, I'll tell you this: depending on how this off goes, I don't think I think there will be people who project the Diamondbacks to be a playoff team next year if the off season goes well okay i disagree in that division it's too
2: good, but you don't have to win the division to make the playoffs, did you? not? Know? I, I, I know, I know, but they have to play a lot
0: of there. Guess the Phillies are
2: two yeah, wins away yeah, from a World Series. No, and they finished but, third in their division. No,
1: but you've got you've got to you've got to win at least eighty seven games. That's yes. the benchmark the Phillies set. And is this team capable of doing that? Well,
0: here is another thing that's changing next year: is that you are not going to play thirty eight games total against the Dodgers and Padres. It's, yeah, a,
1: it's, a, less, bal- it's
2: a
0: balanced right. schedule.
2: So the other thing is how how because the Suns. Are as close to a championship contender as we've had in a long, long time in, in the Valley. Like consistent three years in a row now. Yeah, I mean, the, I mean it's, it's, even the Cardinals under Bruce Arians didn't get to three years in a row, is it? Yeah.
0: Right, not to three years in a row, but they—I mean—they were one step away from from winning a Super Bowl. Uh, well, two steps away because one, they, one from getting to a Super Bowl, yeah. But go back to two thousand one. What the feeling was at that time? Maybe you felt the same way, Vic, because we kind of joke about it, and I, I think it was a real source of pride for the Diamondbacks organization was they came in as an expansion team, and you can look at the history of expansion teams in Major League Baseball. It didn't go well for them for a long time. They won a championship in the fourth year. They were a playoff team in the second year. They won 100 games in their second year. They kind of made a mockery mm-hmm. of the process. Yeah. And I remember feeling like, as, a, as an early Diamondbacks fan, I was like, get used to this. This is just going to be the norm for this organization, And three years later, it was a 54-win team that had torn everything down.
1: Yeah, well, listen, I I, I have a lot of thoughts on that. When I look back on that that World Series team, um, I find myself longing for a team like that again, a team full of characters and personalities and good interviews, a little creative tension. uh, And I'm thinking of guys like Randy Johnson, even Curt Schilling, uh, Mark Grace, Luis Gonzalez – um, they were they were su- they were such great baseball personalities in an, in their own ways mm-hmm. that it really brought a big time feel to everything and it was just it was such a great it was one of those experiences that get better and better and better with hindsight and i said this before the biggest issue, one of the bigger issues facing the Diamondbacks fan base is that there that it was such an amazing accomplishment, but there was no suffering attached to it. None. There was no romanticism. There was
0: none of that stuff. It was one year of struggle, and that was the first year, and everybody was so in love with going downtown and watching that team and yep. couldn't get enough, even though they, did, they didn't win a lot of games the newness and novelty of it was so strong and then the second year they were a legit contender
2: that's why the the championship was great in the moment obviously but it doesn't hold the resonance and doesn't it didn't hit as hard if the sons of the cardinals ever win a championship generations of pain and yes. suffering will be able to be just let out and it'll be it'll feel so different than
0: that diamondbacks win absolutely um yeah, I mean, I, I, I'm just sitting here and my head is still spinning that it's been that long.
1: Yeah, how about that, right? Yeah. And, and the other thing about that, too, was, and I remember that I got sideways with Ken Kendra quite a few times over this because he was so, he, he carried such a grudge against Jerry Colangelo for putting this baseball team in a bad financial situation of which they were constantly paying down debt afterwards. It's like, yeah, welcome to the world of winning a championship. hmm that was also
2: the thing that sort of you could have been deceived by, is that we were going to have you know a bunch of owners in the valley that would actually go all in to win a championship that's that's all it. the time.
1: That's it, and that that's it. that behavior has to be encouraged, not discouraged. That to me, and that's always what's held us back. I I think, and you've heard me say this before, I know that Valley sports fans get a bad rap for being transient and front-running and bandwagoning and we're all of that, but in the end, that is the fault of the owners in this city who have failed to deliver consistently good product. And had they done that over the course of a decade, then this whole town might feel differently. You might not have to stroll into a sports bar and ask to see the local team. Mm-hmm. There we we in terms of civic pride, we might be 5 miles down the road if we didn't have cheap ass bad owners throughout the course of the last 20 years. That's true. Um and look, the Diamondbacks in sports business circles,
0: and Jerry Colangelo got skewered for the way that they yep. constructed that team because of all of the salary, all of the deferred salary, it did put them in a financial hole. But there's only certain people that care about that. The fan base is not one of them. I joke about this all the time. Nobody ever went into a team shop and got a customized jersey with a number on it and the name on the back said financial responsibility. Yeah, nobody's, nobody's ever nobody done ever, that. Nobody ever roots for that.
2: How yeah. often did we in this, this offseason and during the season complain about the Cardinals sort of cheaping out, not spending on the defense? Something
1: that they could have brought in and taken them over the top this year when they think they're a contender. The thing that you learn the more and more you cover sports is that it, it's every year is becoming a one-year proposition, and, and you've got to be in it to win it. You have to be, and that's we, we, we ain't there yet. We need to get there collectively as a sports town. That, Everything always seems to be building to that perfect year. Would you say that
2: was one of the things that made the
1: Kevin Durant
2: sort of pursuit this offseason so exciting? Is that it was sort of unlike something that a Valley team would do It's go all in to try to just get that super-duper star push all the chips in the middle and win right now Um, it's also what made it scary
0: yeah it's not it would have been more less scary and more exciting had the suns not had a great base to work from if they were just kind of a middling team and kevin durant for whatever reason said i want to go to phoenix that would have made it exciting like wow they're actually going to compete for a championship but the suns competed for a championship twice without him Mm -hmm. so but the I think idea scary is the word. But cuz well the idea that it came out that they weren't willing
2: to trade Cam Johnson, that was the idea of thinking, you know, years ahead rather than just doing everything to win now. And that's what some people just
0: want no, every year is but, do everything they can to win now. No, the thinking was, do you need Kevin Durant to win now? I mean, they won 64 games last year without
1: Kevin Durant. I know the playoffs went the way that they went. Well, that, well that's a, that's a question. Do you need Kevin Durant to win in the playoffs? That's the big fundamental question yeah, that this team may have to folk Well, he's racked up a bunch of championships. No, I, no, <laughs> but but you know, right? Uh, of course, but but the 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 thing is that real legitimate every night scorer off uh, creating his own shots, scoring off the ball.
0: Yeah, I, right.
1: I, that's fair. Yeah,
0: and it's still it's somehow still in play. Mm-hmm. Started with the Diamondbacks, ended up with the Suns. Twenty-one years and waiting. <laughs> wow, that's nuts. Coming up next, uh, nine thirty on Fridays means one thing. That's the sports kebab with Jared Carlin. It's next here on Arizona Sports, the local sports leader. Time to take a look at the Arizona Sports poll question. Brought
1: to you by Sanderson Ford. The best play is at Sanderson
0: Ford. Right, Today's Sanderson Ford. question on ArizonaSports.com. What record do you think the Cardinals will have during their three-game NFC West stretch? You've got four choices. 3-0, 2-1, 1-2, 0-3. 1-2 for me. That's where I was leaning as well. Because I didn't want to say 0-3. Mm-hmm. You know, then everybody calls you a hater. <laughs> yeah. Uh, one and two is leading right now. Forty-four percent of our respondents said one and two. However, thirty-one percent said yeah, they're going 0-3. 2-1, 15%, and 9% say no problem. Three straight wins to resurrect the season for the Cardinals. Oh boy.
2: <laughs> but if they go if they go 0 and three through this NFC West stretch and they are three and eight at
0: that point. Yeah, we're going to be talking about a lot of different storylines. When's their bye week? Week 13? 12? Boy,
2: oh. I think the the hot seat rumors would start again, right? Uh, start again?
0: It- <laughs> <laughs> Have they stopped? Uh, there you go. There's today's Sanderson Ford poll question. You can vote on it now on the homepage at ArizonaSports.com. Are you joking? Are you joking? Are you joking? Are you joking? Are
1: you joking? Are you joking? Are you joking? Are you joking? <laughs> Are you joking? It's Sports News Skewered, Skewered, the sports kebab.
0: I don't feel like I should really have to introduce Jarrett, because we've heard a lot of him. Ah. <laughs> Thank
1: you. Yeah, you can misdirect and redirect any more of our conversations, Ferret. Sorry, I was trying to
2: save the last segment. Oh, thanks. Save the
1: last segment? Is that what you were doing? <laughs> can we feel free to save it? It's him? all interpretive. Yeah. Hey, feel yeah. free to save this one, Vic. <laughs> yeah,
2: yeah. I'm gonna need your, I'm gonna need all your uh, saving on this one today. This is a heavy week, but it's also, it was also a fun week because I love this time of year, the cool weather, the fall sports, and the holiday season. And it all started on Halloween. I love that holiday, man. People get to eat unhealthy food, they get to wear crazy outfits, they get to act goofy. Or as I call it, Monday. (laughs) But the sports world celebrated Halloween as well. The great Andy Reid went to a party. And he didn't really try this year with a costume. He just went as a football coach. And even though he wore just his normal red chief's clothes and hat, people came up to him all night and said "great costume" and asked for Kool-Aid. <laughs> oh yeah, <laughs> Brett Favre. Brett Favre was seen at Goodwill and Salvation Army stores before Halloween. Yeah. Now he wasn't looking for a costume; he was just stealing twenties from the cash register. Oh.
1: <laughs>
2: <laughs> Tom Brady. Tom Brady dressed up for Halloween. Did you see his costume? No, I didn't. See no, it, it was it was it was wild. It was a big departure for him. One of those elaborate fantasy costumes. Hell, I didn't even recognize Brady. Yeah, for one day he dressed as a devoted husband and father. Oh. <laughs> And it's always cool to see what sports costumes are big. You know, I I saw a neighborhood friend uh, with a kid who was dressed as Kyler Murray. I saw a neighborhood dad with a kid dressed as Devin Booker. And I saw a neighborhood mom with a kid dressed as Zach Wilson. Actually, no, I'm sorry. That was the real Zach Wilson that was with her. And it's not just sports people. Elon Musk sal- celebrated Halloween. Yeah, he went all out. He paid full price and bought a bunch of king size candy bars to get out to trick-or-treaters. Yeah, Unfortunately, Musk would not let any of the kids have them unless they gave him $8 so he could recoup some of the money he spent on them. Uh, <laughs> a bad investment, he said, in, in retrospect. Speaking of candy bars, have you, uh, you have to be careful these days. Have you seen all this talk about people hiding razor blades or fentanyl in in the candy. It's kind of scary, right? I actually found the scariest, most dangerous and upsetting thing hidden inside my Snickers bar. Two season tickets to the Nets.
3: <laughs>
2: and it's been an eventful... Uh season and week for the Brooklyn Nets, would you say? A little bit. Yeah, first Steve Nash and the team mutually parted ways. And I believe it was mutual. Nash wanted out. I mean, I haven't seen someone that desperate to be relieved of their duties since Harry Dunn in Dumb and Dumber. (laughs) Diarrhea. Now, it was never going to work out with Nash in Brooklyn. You know, Nash blamed chemistry issues. The media blamed his lack of experience. Kyrie Irving blamed the Jews. (laughs) Yeah, Kyrie Irving dominated the news this week after retweeting and then failing to condemn an anti-Semitic movie and book. And Kyrie, you know, he seemed fine with Nash taking the blame for the team's failure, you know, at first. Apparently, the only part of the Old Testament Kyrie agrees with is the idea of a sacrificial lamb. (laughs) And this is just the latest baffling thing by Kyrie. I mean, first he had that thing where he believed the earth was flat. Then last year, he was really, really anti vax. I don't get why he doesn't believe scholars and scientists. It's like there's something about guys like Jonas Salk, Carl Sagan, and Albert Einstein that he just doesn't trust for some reason. I can't, oh, put, my finger on, can't put my finger that's on what that could be. Well done. That's excellent. Now, Kyrie, uh, <laughs> Kyrie kept fighting really and clarifying great. everything. Uh, first, he was saying that he wasn't promoting the film. That's not what I'm doing. Then when he was asked if he was anti-Semitic, he gave a long-worded, long-winded, poorly-worded answer. How hard is it just to say no? Just say no. Just use your words. Turns out not only is Kyrie anti-Semitic, he's anti- semantic. (laughs) (laughs) So now Kyrie has been suspended for at least five games, though he finally did issue an apology, so he might come back. But that's not the only problem the Nets have. I mean, Durant seems miserable right now. Ben Simmons is horrible. Nash is already gone. I mean, what was the front F office thinking when they assembled this team? I haven't seen someone throw away money in New York like this since Brewster.
0: <laughs> <Jeez>.
2: <laughs> Brewster. Now, and while wow, and while this uh, Kyrie news is disappointing and surprising on many levels, perhaps the most disappointing and surprising thing is that it came from a guy named Irving from Brooklyn. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, my grandfather, who got a Purple Heart fighting the Nazis in World War II, was literally a guy named Irving from Brooklyn.
1: <laughs>
2: and fun fact... My grandpa also has never won a championship without riding LeBron James coattails. <laughs> <laughs> there you go.
1: Very, wow. good. Very good. I didn't know you. that about your grandfather.
2: Oh yeah. Wow. So his name is so his name was Irving Cohen mm-hmm. from Brooklyn. He changed it to Irwin Carlin. So that he could get a job in government in those days. They, you know, had their own oh, yeah, problems no, hiring Jesus. I just stuff. didn't
1: remember the Purple Heart
2: part. Yeah, he has two Purple Hearts wow. from uh, fighting in uh, World War II. Nice.
0: Had and no a sharpshooter medal too. You know what I didn't know? What's that? I didn't know he never won an NBA championship. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> I know. I, I, I gotta, gotta check the basketball reference. Maybe <laughs> I had that wrong. You look up Irwin Carlin or Irving Cole. See, that's tough. I gotta yeah. go. gotta yeah.
2: check the years on that
0: one. You might have both on his on his page. Thank you, Jarrett. That's uh, the sports kebab every Friday. With one of the, there was one very nuanced joke in there that I really liked. Oh, yeah, you'd be like, that was probably the best
1: joke he's ever told, in my opinion.
0: Follow him on Twitter at JarrettGC. J A R R E T T G C. Some final thoughts as we head off into the weekend next. It's Pickley and Murata Mornings live from the ak Chin Community Studios. On Arizona Sports, the
1: sports leader. Arizona Sports, the local sports leader
0: and Murata, Song of the Day
3: Ooh, oh, oh,
0: oh. I didn't give you any warning on this one Dick, Sorry. Right. The reason why we're playing Family Affair by Mary J ah? Uh-huh. This was the number one song in America 21 years ago today. Wow. When the Arizona Diamondbacks won the They're World right. Series for the one that. and only time. So it's a pretty good song. Oh, yeah. This is a real good song. I never know, like, people will always talk about Mary J. Blige like, being legendary, and I'm like, yeah, she's legendary. And I am
1: like, I
0: don't know any of her song titles. I know all the songs, but I don't know what they're called. Until this morning, I never knew this was called Family Affair, I don't know.
1: <laughs> Great song, though. Uh, there you
0: go. Today's song of the day, Mary J. Blige, Family Affair. Bickley and Maratha going off the grid. Brought to you by Sweet James Accident Attorneys. If you've been hurt in an accident, call Sweet James at 800 500 5200 or sweetjames.com. Today's uh, Daily Dose of Vinnie Joe Trivia to start off off the grid. Uh, You may not have known this, you probably didn't. The Seattle Seahawks' first game ever as an NFL franchise, September 12, 1976, at the Seattle Kingdome, was against the St. Louis Cardinals. A game the Cardinals won 30 24. Your question today is, can uh-huh. you name the starting quarterbacks in that game between the Seahawks
1: and the Cardinals? And what year are we talking again? 1976. Jim Hart. Yes. Against Jim Zorn. That is correct.
0: Well done. Thank you. Battle thank of you, the Jims. Uh, Jim Hart threw for 180 yards and two touchdowns. Jim Zorn threw for 292 uh, yards. Not 292 Steve touchdowns. <laughs> he was in that for game, one too. off. <laughs> Uh, Two touchdowns. Also ran for a score. A late comeback fell short for the Seahawks. They would go on to win two games that year. Uh, Speaking of Seahawks and Cardinals, the 2022 versions of those teams will get together at State Farm Stadium in Glendale. We've talked so much about this game, the importance of this stretch, which starts on Sunday. uh, Three straight division games. I, I, I'm i so torn this week because I do get the feeling that finally all of this talk and all of this attention that's being put on the Cardinals' struggles, from communication to being mm-hmm. consistent offensively, I think a lot of those are going to get ironed out this week, just a feeling I have. Mm-hmm. But I also don't get the feeling that they're going to be able to beat a very confident Seattle team. Yeah, they're just
1: playing better football Yeah, right listen, that's, that's the first thing that they're going to have to kind of disengage, and that is the swagger that the Seattle's going to play with, the... You know they're going to come in, come in here with the swagger of a first place team, and and they're going to have to deal with that. And the best way to deal with that is is score a touchdown in the first quarter, mm-hmm. and then defensively shut down their running game, and then then you level the playing field, and then you go win the game from there.
2: I'll well, ask you for two predictions, okay? How many catches will Robbie Anderson have? Because he three. has zero, so three, okay? Three. I'll go.
0: I'll
2: go two. Will I any of them be tr- down the field? Is that the second prediction you No, asking? the other prediction was <laughs> will they will they blow another timeout? With the clock running down, I'm going to say for no, no on one that on
1: Fridays. Vinny and I are just going to leave at nine o'clock, <laughs> and then you can just take the last hour and just yap and yap and yap. I'm sorry, I and, yeah, was... and ask questions to whoever you want to ask trying questions to. to your energy trying to save the show.
0: I apologize.
2: Yeah, trying
1: to save the show, right?
0: Uh, I apologize, guys. No, it's no, right. no. Um... No, they will not burn a timeout. They will
1: get that ironed out. No, they Here's will a burn a timeout. Here's a question for you. They will not get that ironed out.
0: Will Trey McBride have more penalties or catches?
1: Ooh. Because right now the ledger is on the year Ooh. four penalties and three catches. So the penalties outnumber the catches to date for Trey McBride. Mm-hmm. That would be a trend that would be nice to get reversed. That would be real nice. Well, it, it, because that would be a sign that you could put Trey McBride on the field without him making a mental error. And that's really been a challenge. Well, the and, one... and nothing will stunt a young player's growth more than giving your coach reason not yeah. to put you on the field. All
0: three of those catches came in the same game. And it looked like that was the time. All right. Trey McBride's going to be part of this offense now, and, and we haven't seen anything in the offense since. Uh, the other tight end who has been part of the offense, Zach Ertz, uh, he talked yesterday about what he's noticed since the last time the Cardinals played Seattle last month. I mean, obviously, they're on a three-game winning streak, so
2: they're playing extremely confident. Um, they haven't changed too much, but I feel like their confidence level and intensity has kind of raised as they've grown more confident in the scheme. Um, early in the year, they were kind of playing a lot of four down front, I <laughs> do now they're playing a lot of five five down. They got some really big guys inside on the defensive line. So they're trying to maximize those guys' talents um, by really trying to stop the run and make teams one-dimensional. So we got to find a way to run the ball, especially early in the game where we're not just throwing the ball all the time um, to help, help everyone out. Um, we got a lot of confidence in Kyler and our skill position group. But if you're one-dimensional in this league, it doesn't matter how much talent you have. Um, defenses can key in on that, and then it's just going to be a long day. Um, So we got to be balanced early on um, and play to the best of our abilities.
0: Yeah, Cardinals have to hope that D.J. Humphreys is ready to go. Getting him back at left tackle would be huge, although I don't think Josh Jones was horrible in in Humphreys' absence uh, absence last week. But, you know, to get your your key left tackle back in would would be a boost. And, And, look, Buda Baker's availability is of the utmost importance as well, trying to slow down that Seattle offense. What do you yeah. see? What do you see happening on Sunday, Bill?
1: I don't. I don't see very clearly at all on this one, Vinny. I really don't. Um, I I, I want to believe that the Cardinals are going to win. I picked the Cardinals to win this game, but I I don't have a real good feel for this either way. I really don't. Just being honest. I went uh, Vikings by eight last week. I got it right. I'm wow. going Seahawks
0: by three this okay. week. Twenty to seventeen. I still remember going into the first matchup between these teams and thinking it was just going to be, you know, the scoreboard being lit up with all these points and all this yardage. Cardinals didn't score an offensive touchdown. Seattle figured out its defensive issues. Yep. I think this game kind of follows that same yep. feel. Where Pete Carroll, and you talked about it after that game in great detail, Pete Carroll's attitude was, we don't need to throw the ball down the field. We don't need a lot of points to We don't to beat need this no right. stinking
1: touchdowns. And in the process, probably cured what was wrong with his defense. How about that? His defense. How about that? Yeah, and then the state of the Cardinals offensive line is going to be an issue in all of this. You know... Seahawks crowd is going to be, you know, part of the deal. I don't know. I think it's going to be, uh, it's going to be an interesting scene. But it does begin this. Uh, I forgot who said this. Maybe, maybe it was Josh Weinfuss who called this the, the most important game of Cliff Kingsbury's career. That indeed is what it is. Now I don't think he gets fired one way or the after this game. But these next three games, in some, are going to really, really determine a long way into what the future looks like. Um. Suns get one or two wins. I, they get both. Both, yeah. You, Damian you Lillard say both. I would say both. Damian Lillard not playing. That's. I don't think Portland's a threat without him. ASU have a chance against UCLA. Arizona have yeah. a chance against Utah. Yeah. What do you think? You're, you're more dialed into that than I am. I would say no. I would say both. Um,
0: Arizona Utah might have been interesting in Tucson, but going up to Salt Lake City is going to be tough to the Wildcats. Yeah. All and, right. And who's your World Series champion Monday morning? the Astros. Yeah, unfortunately, I agree with you. That's going to do it for us. Thanks to uh, Greg Bell for joining us. Sean Aguano as well. Have a great, safe weekend. We'll be back for Big Red Monday, bright and early at 6 on
1: Monday morning. We leave you with this. Wolf and Luke up next. It's going to be curious to see what the Cardinals do with this because they already f- saw fit to trade draft capital for Robbie Anderson who for some reason still isn't assimilated in this the
2: thick playbook come on just <sighs> needs to go whether to go to the left or the right and be thrown a one- yard pass I'm-
3: I just body slammed the
0: microphone. I'm so sorry.
2: Printing out an email is such a boomer move. Damn it, listen to
0: John H. Barry. He knows what's going on. I think we have a winner. Ding, ding, ding. Dan wins the prize. Congratulations on telling on yourself, you absolute dumbass. Wink, Martindale. George Fabregas. are he doing the thing 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 today? What is he doing? Somebody's playing a dangerous
1: game this summer.
0: <laughs> when there's a will, there's a way. This investigation is moving so slow, the Titanic just hit it, babe. Chack, shab. Hi. Oh, Michelle didn't know. Nothing makes sense to me. <laughs> Three of the worst passes in the history of the Phoenix Suns. Tay hey, Crowder. Oh, love that guy. I love that guy, Tay Crowder. Recola, Without the voice cracking, there's going to take us. Broncos country.
1: Let's ride. That harder back in there. I don't know harder. <laughs> <laughs> 9% went to. It was a team loss. But That's
2: not is, the only thing that got high off the 23 no. times okay. In the cold November
1: rain. Right. Hello there. <laughs> hey ho, it's hand fruit time, hand fruit time, hand fruit time. Hey ho. Fruit time, time is here!
0: Shut up, Jared! Shut up Jared. <laughs> shut up, Jared! Shut up, Jared! Shut up, Jared! Stop, Stop rubbing your eyes, Jared! Stop rubbing your hand, Fruit! <laughs>
1: Come on, Jared! <laughs> do something! Are you doing 22 tons of cocaine? 22 tons of cocaine! Jared, I hate
2: you! You could put Mr. Poop on the back of your jersey if you want.
1: I say we play more prints on the show.
2: You're being very negative, Captain Serial. Good point, Ed Weirdo.
1: See more buds. <laughs> What's right. his babbit? Glendale! <laughs> Glendale! <laughs> Speaking of Sarah's mustache, Heart oh, no. Fart noise. <laughs> Jared, turn off your microphone and enjoy a nice handful. (laughs)